again. Bienvenidos. This is Aureliano, your host, and welcome back. In the last episode, we went over the first of the three lords of materialism, the lord of form, and in this picturesque metaphor for what we do with our world as we seek comfort and security and pleasure, and uh, we attempt to create these uh, playgrounds and uh, nests for of security and comfort. Uh, the key here is, uh, you know, that neurotic pursuit of that defines our engagement with the world. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with uh, what we possess, what we own, what we pursue, uh, wealth or, you know, professional careers and so on and so forth. I mean, it would be kind of silly to say, you know, there's something evil inherently in these uh, uh, objects in the material world. It's, I mean, that's not like that at all, right? And sooner or later, eventually what happens is that this, this approach has its limitations. At some point, it's just not going to do it for us. You know, it's not convincing enough, especially as we uh, continue to go deeper into those, you know, existential questions about ourselves and uh, meaning and purpose and, you know, what is true happiness and satisfaction and, yeah, and then you know, we just see right through this first uh, approach, sophisticated and uh, rewarding as it may seem. And so we start looking for another approach that is more convincing, more, uh, well, I guess, effective. And this enters into the territory of the second of the the three lords of materialism, the lord of speech. But just a few more more things I'd like to share with you about what motivates us to see the limitations of the uh, this lord of form territory. It's not just uh, that we make a, a rational choice that we that allows us to see the uh, limitations of this particular approach. I think it's more than that. It's, it's uh, you know, the alcoholic uh, hitting bottom and recognizing that, you know, alcohol is just not going to uh, do it. It's, it's uh, going to kill me if I continue. And I need to, uh, to do something about this, start attending... AA meetings and uh, get my act together because, you know, uh, I'm long past that point where alcohol was uh, useful and pleasurable for me. Same thing for the drug addict or the sex addict is, or uh, same thing for that person that uh, realizes that doubling that income didn't double the happiness uh, variable and his life or her life, or, uh, you know, going from that 2,000 square foot house to a 6,000 square foot house and realizing 
oh man, you know, this is, I'm not any more happy with this then. Okay, so if we are inquisitive and probing and we are interested in answers to those existential questions about our life that have to do with meaning and purpose and happiness, we are going to at some point see the limitations of this particular approach of the Lord of Form. And we're going to figure out that there is another more sophisticated approach at our disposal having to do with our intellect. And we begin to wield the power of our intellect in order to, uh, well, convert situations to their uh, most positive. Positive in the sense that something is threatening to our self-centered point of view, our ego point of view, and it needs to be converted into a more uh, positive outlook from this uh, perspective. It is that all is good mentality. It is that everything must be good mentality. And if I don't like the messages that I'm getting from uh, my world, then I'll just uh, reframe those messages into something more suitable for me. It is the, let's change the context of this particular situation in life that uh, is irritable or disturbing. It is the equivalent of fake news. If you don't like the news and what it points to, well, then you just demand a new messenger to deliver a fresh batch of new information to you. But it's more... Um, uh, manipulative than, than this. It is very much about how we uh, point to to things in our world, our, our experiences, uh, objects, their interactions, and the belief that if we control the story, the narration of our experiences, our very perceptions, that uh, then we get to redefine what they are about, especially if they are threatening to us that sense of who and what I am. So uh, this uh, power to, uh, of intellect to, to name things, to uh, point things out, to refer to things, to designate things as being such and such, uh, it confirms in a way uh, who and what we we are. That sense of me and I, that self, that uh, must exist, should exist. And uh, if we are able to control this uh, narrative about our experiences, and that is uh, real to us, well then who and what we are with respect to us to, I mean, to, to that, must also be uh, be real. And it is especially real if this kind of story becomes a kind of uh, uh, idealism, a kind of dogma that others also buy into, and it uh, becomes something like, uh, you know, nationalism is, and communism, and 
existentialism and Buddhism and Christianity and capitalism and all the rest of the uh, isms are uh, examples of uh, very successful uh, implementations of this approach to uh, existence. And when this happens, then we have these uh, institutions, right? these ideologies that we get to belong to and we're part of and uh, that others are excluded from. And uh, we have this uh, us and them and we belong and they don't belong. And well, this just solidifies that sense of <clears throat> identity. Uh, I exist because I'm part of uh, something that is greater than me, that is uh, encapsulated in this ideology, this um, conceptual you know, uh, framework that others also belong to, and it's real, and uh, I am real as I uh, partake in this. So when we discover this power of intellect to further redefine who and what we are with respect to these belief systems that we engage. And there's this sophistication, so it seems, especially in compared to that territory of the Lord of Form, which seems to be more crude. You know, all we're doing is just creating these playgrounds. Uh, we're creating these uh, nests for us that are comfortable and secure and uh, predictable and cozy and so on. Uh, but from this uh, other uh, higher, so it seems, point of view of the Lord of Speech, it's uh, more fulfilling in that, uh, you know, it's more at a different level. It's at the level of the efficiency of the power of, of intellect to organize and categorize and systematize and create algorithms. And what it really amounts to, what it really comes down to, is this uh, filtering that is taking place when we use intellect like this. It's a filter that does not allow us to ever settle with the direct and raw quality of our, our life experience, which is felt and connected with at the level of one's um, body. And uh, we find it very difficult to, to do that because this intellect of us, in a way, communicates to us that we have to have things nicely figured out before we could fully engage the practice of sitting meditation. So even our sitting practice becomes infected with this particular view in that the understanding that others provide for our practice is more important than our own experience. We have to figure every detail out in order to be able to rest and practice. And until we do that, we really don't commit ourselves to examining our own experience because we feel it's more important to engage all of the blah 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 that others 
are saying about what sitting practice should be about. And that becomes more important because of that drive of our intellect to, uh, well, you know, it's, it's a mind fog that we begin to partake in. This whole realm of speech is, yes, that's what it is. It's just one, one consistent and ongoing and relentless uh, mindfuck of a thing that we do to ourselves. And we do that in order to avoid having to face ourselves uh, in the most uh, straightforward, simple, and direct manner possible. And it both provides us, interestingly, with this drive to understand and really figure things out. And we may even go as far as learning uh, Pali and uh, Tibetan uh, and uh, maybe even Chinese and Japanese in order to get into the minutiae of uh, the uh, texts that are out there, available, they haven't been translated. Look, I, I think it's a good thing when people do that, okay? I'm not uh, knocking people down when that uh, is, is done. Uh, there's another point right here that is being made, that we use this as, as a kind of excuse, and at the same time, it creates a, a, I don't know, poverty mentality in us. Both we want to have everything figured out intellectually. Right? That understanding needs to be nice and tight and uh, right, uh, efficient. And, and then when we get that, then we can do it. We can meditate. We can relax with our own experience. And uh, because that thorough and complete understanding is there now uh, for us. I got it. Right? I'm almost getting it. And uh, once I get it, I'm going to really commit myself to, to practice because I got this down, right? It's not unlike the, you know, the uh, heroin or crack junkie, right? That uh, takes that next hit and they take that next hit because, you know, that orgasmic kind of mental, right, brain experience is almost there and uh, they're sure that by taking that next hit it's going to do it for them right that their mind is gonna blow into this uh, orgasmic ecstasy of, uh, of bliss that uh, this drug is providing and the last hit didn't quite do it and uh, never mind that uh, the other uh, thousand hits didn't do it but we need to continue to pursue that uh, right one experience that is going to take you over the edge well uh you know i may be exaggerating here but this understanding thing with respect to uh, our own uh, path is not so much unlike that it does prevent us from uh, living our life as we perhaps uh, should but from this perspective of the Lord of speech what matters most is being able to have this uh, intellectual schema about our own experience 
not just our life experience with respect to, you know, uh, the world and uh, how is the world uh, organized, but uh, with respect to our own um, direct experience. What matters most is what others are informing us about, about it. And uh, on top of that, uh, even more impacting what uh, our own intellect informs us about what that should be. And that is just uh, not um, possible. It's uh, just uh, not possible to, uh, to capture experience with uh, our intellect. And uh, that not just uh, affects our practice in the cushion, but it really affects our daily life with others and with our world. And that is what I believe, humbly, this is my take, my view on this Lord of Speech uh, metaphor that Chogim Trumpa presented us with in order to understand ourselves and what we do with our own uh, mind and uh, with the Lord of Form, with what we do with that attempt to establish security over all those sources that represent, um, well, uh, pleasure and satisfaction and uh, security of one level or another for us and uh, the neurotic attempts that we engage in the pursuit of that. So that brings us to the end of, of this uh, coverage of the second of the three lords of materialism, the lord of speech. Next time I will uh, cover the, the last one, the lord of mind, which is the most uh, subtle and difficult one to, to work with and to overcome. Please subscribe to this channel so that when I do share this next episode with you, you can be notified of it. Thank you, and uh, until next time.